Hello again, and welcome to a glorious Monday afternoon in the Horseshoe Lounge. We we're here to talk about Ohio State and Penn State. It is a huge week. It is. There's just a different buzz in the air. So we were at Roosters to get set for that. We're also going to talk about Ohio State and Purdue because that was a football game that was played. <laughs> uh, Ohio State wins 41-7. to So we're going to get into all that on the podcast in here at Roosters. It's a fun, casual joint. This is a fun, casual conversation. That is Tyvis Powell, Bradley Robinson, and Nicole Cox. I am Austin Ward. What do we think, Brad? You were texting me on Saturday. You didn't seem to enjoy that win. Um, <laughs> they were in control throughout. So, what's, what's wrong, bud? I uh, I enjoyed the first quarter. I watched the game with my dad, so that was good. But the half my halftime text to you was kind of how it was, it was the Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette outside, stress stress picture. You seemed stressed. Uh, first quarter, I first quarter finished. I turned my dad. I go. That's exactly how it should go. Thirteen zero. We were marching down, and then a mere three minutes later, I think I don't know if that was the fumble or the fumble happened the next drive, but. It just second, third, and then fourth quarter is kind of a wash because it was all garbage time. But right. it just didn't seem like it was going well. Like the score didn't reflect it. And I think just because no offense to Purdue, they weren't a good team. And it just didn't reflect that we were doing what we were supposed to because there was a lot of errors, like uh, penalties, a lot of dropped catches. Um, defense looked good, but expect them to look good against Purdue, especially with how they've been playing. But just it didn't feel like a clean, smooth game. Felt worse than the Maryland game, and we were. Saying, oh, that's actually a solid win, 20 points, and they lost to Illinois, too, so who even knows what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> so, just, I don't feel great coming off the weekend. You know what I think happened to you? <laughs> you told me that there were two screens on. Yeah. And in the first half, one half of the rivalry was dominating and it was in control, and the other was struggling with Indiana. And then they flipped, they flipped. with the halves, and that was the last yeah. thing you thought of. Yeah, I was compared <laughs> to the whole time. <laughs> All right. Um Tyvis, what did you make of Saturday? Are you are you higher on this win than Brad? I'm pretty negative. I'm, so wait a minute, I'm, I'm much higher on the win. <laughs> much higher. He okay. He, I mean, he makes some good arguments with what he's saying. It it wasn't as dominant as the score reflects. There were things in that game that is a little concerning. Devin Mockaby. I mean, he is a good running back. He's not a great running back, but he is a good running back. He's he's talented, hardworking guy, walk former walk on guy that got got a scholarship. So you got to give him some credit. But he had 110 yards rushing, and yeah, the deck the guys that you got coming in next week is supposed a little to be bit better than that. Exactly. So the run game kind of concerns me a little bit going into this. Hopefully, you know these guys thought Hudson Card was going to be the guy. They thought Deion Burks was going to be the number one targeted wide receiver. So maybe I felt I felt like they were a little lighter in the box because they were spread out a little bit more. I think that contributes to them tackling and being able to be in the box and stop that running back. Obviously, Penn State will be more much more of a heavy run team um as at the second half i thought the defense kind of let off the gas a tad bit you know and that it's natural when you go up like that to start getting lackadaisical on certain things i thought some of the tackling was bad in the second half obviously they ended up getting down the field um a couple of times on that uh but outside of that offensively the drop catches it's gonna come and go obviously a mecca's out of the lineup i did like carnell tell you having him a big game in there I don't know what this new Tim Tebow, Chris Leak thing we got Ooh. going on. <laughs> well, we can get to that. For yeah, sure. I don't know what that is, but I mean, listen, if any way you can produce points and you can throw another wrinkle in your offense and make it more effective, I'm all for it. Devin Brown, make sure you hold on to the football, especially on the goal line, because you cannot have a turnover on the in the end zone. Like that's like detrimental to a team. Luckily, it didn't cost us any points, and we was able to come back and get it done. Um, Outside of all of that, though, I thought it was solid. Offensive line still growing. Still got to get some things fixed. Um, it's not 
You typical. said you were much higher, Tyvis. I'm not sure. It is. No, no, no. It, I'm just pointing out. What I'm pointing out is small things that can be fixed. Mm. Like, you know, it's... The edge. Like, okay, listen. I've been in Purdue. I get it. You go to Purdue. Purdue is not the best place in the world at all. You have to bring your own juice. For people that have never been to Purdue, it's dead. It's a terrible environment there. I would not recommend... It, was, it wasn't in 2018 I would, I was there. Stop it. It was, it was live. Why, you, was very alive why, you, I was there. why are you bringing up that? <laughs> Anyways, it's not... I wouldn't recommend anybody going there. So, you got to bring your energy. And for that, overcoming that atmosphere, and, and having the performance they have, I give them a thumbs up on that. Nicole, are you going to be positive? Can we turn Absolutely. this around a little Tyvis bit? Tyvis is being positive. He's just finding the little things. Okay. That's what we do. Well, it's, uh, it's a part it's the, me for, I don't want I'm y'all sorry. to be good. I want y'all to be great. What the, was I thinking? The standard is the standard, I'm told. Kind of. Or you Nicole, you fully standard. converted to the standard? No, the standard. not Where at all. That? I was trying to be nice. I'm saying <laughs> you should be the one that sets the standard okay. and always you know, push yourself to be better. Always. Yeah. And, okay. and hopefully that's what the team is going to do after. I it's interesting it's interesting to watch you know this team I feel like it's very different than I felt last year um there were little mistakes but they're gonna happen the guys are young they're still trying to get in the groove we're missing a lot of players I don't know the last time and I might be wrong because you know I have a terrible memory but that we've had this many players out um like key players and so but I also love that that is what it brings in other guys mm-hmm. that really shine. And I loved watching that. I loved watching Dallin Hayden. Um, I, I'm not going to jump to my buck. I, leave I think we know where you're going with that. Okay. Yeah. He's my buck. I leave. <laughs> Let's He's just do it. Yeah. Take control. He's my buck. I leave. I was just so impressed with him. I, you know, he wasn't expecting to play. And as soon as they said, you need to go in, he just turned it on he was everywhere he needed to be I feel like he has a good his eyes are on the field he know he's very decisive he finds the hole and he he just attacks it and I just it was really nice to see I thought he worked well with Kyle um and I also felt the offense was doing I feel like they're a better duo with Dallin I feel like they were where they needed to be and Dallin took advantage of what they were supposed to be doing so controversial to find that what? Is it controversial? It, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's hard because you didn't really get to see Chip because yeah. Chip went down, with and, they, and which was the best decision too. they did to take him out when he when he fell coming off the field. That, that was scary. To see that that yeah. was. So are you saying? Are you saying blow the red shirt? Just let well, the red up. shirt plan, Tyvis. That's got. That's got to stop. There's no. I, I think it's, <laughs> so wait a minute, y'all saying that Dallin Hayton shouldn't red shirt for the rest of this year? He should just continue to play. Uh, absolutely, I think he I, should continue to play. Absolutely. Are you? Do you hey. think that they sh- they should, Tyvis? Or are you just trying to, especially this game, broke and prod me into saying? I'm just, you know, I listen. I think. What's the pin? Like, is I he going to stay for five years? Like, no, he's not. Yeah. Not at all. So, what's the absolutely point? not? Um, I don't know. It's it's it's, 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 it's interesting. It's an interesting situation because we've seen Dallin Hayden playing a handful of games, and every time he's come in, he's been a spark plug. Like that's just yes. who he is. He comes in and he's a spark plug. But I don't know how is he as an every down back. Like, so do you is think, he, do you if think he that comes goes away. If he if he's if he's if he's say he gets put into the guys trade doesn't come okay. back yet. Let me. Do you think it goes away? Okay. He's not that change of pace. So let me give you an example. Last year we I got to switch pace here. I got to go take you to the NFL. Last year Tony Pollard was the spark plug for the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, we need to move on from Zeke and go straight to Tony Pollard. And this year Tony Pollard, he's okay, but it's not the same thing as he was last year. So I'm saying, if you ask, if you say Dallas Hayden come in and be an every down back and just kick Chip and Travion to two and three. 
okay, is he going to be that same guy, or is he just coming in after he's worn down the defense and he's just taking advantage? I don't know. I'm yeah, just, I'm no, just asking. No, no, no. I'm not I'm just asking. No, it's a fair question, and I'm not, I'm not saying that the decision has to be well burn the red shirt and immediately make him a starter over a healthy Travion Henderson. I'm not suggesting yes. that at all, or even elevate him above Chip. I think it's hard for me to watch not only what happened last year against Rutgers in Maryland, but then what happened again on Saturday in Purdue and think that redshirting him is in the yeah. best interest of this team to try and win a championship. Let me, let me put this on the record. Do it. I'm not with the red shirt because he ain't staying for five years anyway. So yeah. I'm not saying red shirt him. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Well, I think they're two different conversations. Yeah. Like, yeah. We yeah. all agree that The red not, shirt that he not staying for five years. Doesn't mean he should be the lead back. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because I think I think it's worth burning the red shirt if you're only giving him three to five carries a game, but you just get that spark, that change of pace. Go back to 2019 when we'd have J.K. Dobbins go three quarters at a team, and then Master Teague was the change of pace. Yeah, the, 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 the closer. Yeah, the closer, and then Teague just didn't. In 2020, he came off an injury too as well. Didn't didn't come the same way, and then we had Trey Sermon, and then you just you alternate and you find that spark plug. I think. That's what you see more in college than even the NFL is you have the two different types of back, and one's going to come in. Like Nicole said, I mean, Dallin just hits a line and go. There's no mm-hmm. gathering momentum. He just goes downhill. I just – I just, it's interesting because him and Travion is, like, pretty similar, pretty similar but yeah. he's much more effective than Travion, and I don't understand. If Travion's supposed to be this home run hitter, it's supposed to be that. He has not really lived up to that guy since freshman year, and I don't know what that's about. He's a very hard worker. He one against Notre Dame. Yeah, he, he's a hard-working guy. He's in the woody all the time. I've seen him in the offseason doing, putting in the extra work, but for some odd reason in the game time, that offensive line of him just done kind of don't click together. And I don't understand why when Dallin comes in. Now, don't get me wrong. It's Purdue. So, let, 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 let's let's also put take that into consideration yeah. that it was just Purdue. So, maybe that could be the reason. It's a team effort. And I just see that so much from each game I've watched this season. It's just that it really takes the entire team for them to be where they're supposed to be doing their job. And the other team, too, like you're saying, I mean, they were weak in some areas, which made other players on our team shine because the competition wasn't as hard. So, And I think the other part that you mentioned, Ty, is like, do we know that Dallin could be the every down back? No, but I, that's probably why I'm so confused by the redshirt plan because yeah. you had opportunities to figure that out previously. I mean, Mayan has been was banged up in training camp and hasn't played all that much anyway working back in you know chip we know what he can do and i think there's a ton of value to the versatility that he provides travion you already have a decent amount of body of work to look at and evaluate and say well this is what you can definitely get it's like why why did you wait until week six and you were forced to do it to find out if Dallin could like there may have been two or three weeks where you could have said well you know what this may when they were evaluating everything and saying well offensive line scheme teaching fundamentals personnel like Running game, the running backs have to be part of that conversation too, and that was the one thing that they didn't try until Saturday. I mean, it's it's definitely a cause of concern for sure because he you you got work on you you. It's not like Dallin Hayden is some freshman that you don't know about. Like you got to watch him last year, and you've seen him be productive in games. So I don't understand coming into the season. I guess you wanted to just in case, you know. I guess you wanted to reassure him because you have. Three running backs. You got Mayan, Travion, and you got Chip. Mm-hmm. All of them who's pretty old and probably heading off to the draft after this season. So you wanted to make sure you had the extra year on Dallin just in case he needed it. But at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do to win games. And I think that's if he's going to be a spark plug that can come in there and 
help you win games. At the end of the day, it's all about winning the championship, and you need to have as many weapons as possible. If he comes in and it's five or six carries, but them five or six carries is explosive, you need that. (laughs) I don't know why would you be opposed to that. So, yeah, the red shirt thing, I'm not with that either. To build off of that, because I think, one, I think the running back conversations are just now getting started because I don't think it's that easy of who's going to go to the, the draft next year because both mine and Trey have been banged up. Usually, if like, who knows if they'll miss more games or not, but usually you don't go in after a banged up year, especially at the running back position because yeah. there's a whole bunch going on in the NFL with that right now in contracts. But it almost seems like they're approaching the down situation of we're trying to get them this extra year. One, because in today's world with NIL and the one-time transfer, you want to keep guys. It seems like they're almost worried of, of guys leaving and transferring because you do have four starting backs is how I view it, or at least from what we've seen, like they have the potential to be good starting backs. So you want to keep it all and you want to keep it in for the next couple of years because you recruited for that and you're worried about NIL and the transfer portal. But I think at the end of the day, you can't go in thinking about that and think about, oh, well, we want to make sure we have him next year because he's not going to stay all five years anyways. Is So you might as well just focus on the one thing that matters now, like Tyvis said, which is winning. So then throw the red shirt, throw thinking about, oh, we need to make him happy so he doesn't transfer and do different things. Not saying that's what yep. the, the, anything is. It's just that seems to be in college football in general right now is if people aren't happy, they leave. So now teams are going to try to avoid that. And that's I, a I fair guess, argument. I mean, mm-hmm. very fair. <laughs> and one of the, you know, points to that as well, Brad, is like it's easier than ever to replace those guys mm-hmm. if you leave. So you want to yeah. you want to give up your seat at the Ohio State table. All right, well, there's a lot of people that still want it. So, you know, I, I think that from that perspective, the way you're talking, it doesn't make sense to really manage your roster in fear out of the portal yeah, because right. it can be used to your advantage if you're Ohio State as well. Right. Yeah. Nicole, did anybody else catch your eye? Um, I uh, I don't want to force you to pick another Buckeye lead. Xavier but. Johnson. <laughs> yeah. I, I was impressed with Xavier Johnson yeah. as well. I just I, – I like watching him play. I feel like he really comes in and performs for us like when we need him. They just show up. They, they're just there as – you know, I don't know. I just feel like the guys can really rely on both of them. And I'm so torn on what we were just talking about with Dallin, Dallin and just if I we talked about I or you guys talked about on the other shows um, that Kyle McCord keeping the consistency like he gets into the rhythm and then they pulled him out and had yep. um, Devin Brown come in. And it's kind of like Dallin, like. I understand them wanting the guys to have as many reps as possible because they get into the groove. It's like working out or something, you know? And then if you take a quick break, like trying to jump back in. But I think that it is kind of good to have these secret weapons too. So I don't, I, I, I'm just so torn with that. And I'm anxious to watch the rest of the games of the season to see just what the coaches are thinking. Like, yeah. is that the plan for Dallin is, you know, and is it better to keep rotating people in and out to throw the other team off. Like, whoa, wait a second. We weren't expecting this, you know? So, Well, I think there was probably an element of that, of making Penn State prepare uh, for Devin Brown. But I we'll- mean, I was I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I heard I heard McCord, and then I heard Brown. I go, wait, why is McCord out? Is he hurt? So, I'm, you know, it was just a lot going on. It kept the Purdue stat keepers busy as well because they kept forgetting to change the quarterbacks who were in the game. So, like, they were all – all the numbers were wrong in the first half because they had some throws for – Devin Brown that he didn't throw, and some for Kyle McCord that he did. Um, Do we think the ball was slippery as well? Like, is that an issue? I, I'm like, it just, I know it's <laughs> with like the just drops? silly. Yes. Like, it, 
So typically, if it's wet outside and if it's raining, usually the receivers would take the gloves off because if their gloves get wet, oh, yeah. the ball will slip right through. So that's why you'll see them do that. If they decide to keep the gloves on, then they mean that they trust that the ball is not wet and the element is not that wet and they can make those plays. And they're just not looking it in all the way. Now, this is where the common mistake that wide receivers have is that you're so used to you want to catch it and get going that you forgot to make the catch. So mm-hmm. a lot of people got to secure it first, then make they move a lot of people just boom and think they just automatically don't catch it and that's how you see drops brad may know better than anybody because he had to you know put his hands actually on that football in conditions like that but there were people down there on the field before the game that said well with these new footballs and with some of the gloves and like if it rains like, it can be a stickier football yeah. it shouldn't have been oh, well, they have rain great. gloves now that's cheating but, but i'm just saying that is cheating <laughs> times have changed take the, Times. take the gloves off and tape your fingers up like i did mm-hmm. <laughs> Because these are spirit fingers. That would be like the sticky hands, like in Home Alone. Like just, whoop, stuck. I like it. That sounds nice. Anyway, the point was, it can be still. Yeah, it's it's one of those, I didn't, from what I saw on TV, the rain didn't look like it would, as someone that is always monitoring the weather, um, usually they do a really good job. Our EQ staff on rain games will check in like, 30 footballs yeah. so they, with the refs to be, make it go. And then I know the ref that spots the ball, even me as a long snapper, he finds me no matter what the weather's like before the game and we talks about how I like the ball. And it's That's the, awesome. it's the center's Soaked. job or, like, the long snapper. <laughs> like, and there's, it came up in the Michigan State game where they had to they punted, ball rolled around, they re-punted, and the punter ended up dropping the ball because it was soaked because it had just been rolling around. The snappers, at that point, you tell the ref to change the ball yeah. out. Especially on a, It's easier on a punt plane because it's, like, it's a stoppage of time almost where if you're in an offensive series, it's not the same. But they're – with everything they have technology-wise and towels, they're usually on top of it. Where it didn't look like it was an excuse. The rain I was, was looking for an excuse. Yeah, I was no. looking for an excuse. I'm not being positive, so no excuses over here. Tyvis is. It is didn't good. start. It is not Marvin. So yeah, yeah. I, it did. Three. Okay. Three drops. Couple. Three drops. He still has six. Three drops. One for each dollar on appetizer Thursday mm-hmm. for Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Uh, oops, knocked that oh, over. It's, okay. it's mozzarella sticks this week. You don't want to miss mozzarella it. Mozzarella sticks. It, it is the, the king of appetizers. That'll be three dollars at uh, yeah. all your roosters locations on, on uh, appetizer Thursday. That's that's actually a Tuesday for the rest of you out there. Yeah, three drops. That was weird for Marvin. Uh, you have a Buckeye <laughs> leaf, Tyvis. <laughs> yeah, I got a Buckeye leaf. I'm giving it to Cody Simon. Come on, don't take mine. Oh, I'm sorry. I <laughs> you should have gone first. You know what? I, you you, know what? you take it. I'll take Tyleek Williams. All right, that's perfect. Good one too. I like you Ty took Tyleek. No, no, I have a different. Oh, okay. One. <laughs> I'll take Tyleek Williams. Okay, okay there. Sorry, Tyvis. I'm glad you're prepared with a backup. Too. Listen, I got, I got many of them. I mean, I'm all, I'm always going defense. Denzel Burke is always a guy, but I always praise him on here. So I got to go and give the defensive line some love. Um, yeah, Tyleek Williams has been unbelievable in the middle this year. I mean, I think he got his hand on a couple of balls, yeah. knocked some yeah. balls down yesterday. So anybody that can match the quarterback like that and provide that penetration from the middle, I mean, that stops a lot of things offensively. It stops the run. It stops the pass. So if he continues to play like this, I mean, he's outplayed Mike Hall Jr. He sure has. That's crazy to me. And I thought coming into this season, like Mike Hall has such a great year that I was like, Man, you know, and Tyleek has superseded that this year. And, so. and Mike's not playing bad either. You're just ex- noticing ex- Tyleek ex- yeah. a lot more. So, and he, what do you used to say? Free 91? Free 91. They did freed you, all right. He's free, all right. <laughs> he is running wild. Um, and still not 100% healthy on that knee. Uh, Berman and I were watching him in pregame. It's like, he he was not, he does not move in warm ups or in practice. 
the way that he does in the game. He flips a switch. So he saves yeah. it. Good for him. He's a sandbagger. Well, but he's also a sandbagger. I mean, yeah, anyway. When you're playing 60, 70 snaps, why not? Just keep it in the tank. Anyway. No, no, you don't. Don't I listen know. to him. I know, I know. I'm just teasing. Uh, Brad, who you got? Uh, Jermaine Matthews. And this one was, uh, I was struggling at first, but then his name popped in my head and it was actually very easy. Um, not because I'm a specialist, but the special teams play from a talented freshman. Tyvis can probably back it up. Mm-hmm. If you just go through the years and you look at what freshmen have just excelled on special teams and what they've turned into as a player, Chris Olave, biggest one he reminds me of because he's been making plays on kickoffs is you go back to 2017, freshman year, Jeff Okuda mm. made a lot of tackles just like Jermaine's been doing on kickoff. So it's usually... When you see guys excelling at that rate on special teams, it just some, something's clicking right for them, mm-hmm. and then it usually pays off. I think it's probably got like a ninety percent success rate right. for those guys that have big freshman year careers on special teams. Because I could probably sit here and name <laughs> thirty guys from my career alone that I saw as freshman special teamers that are former All Americans are now having good careers on, at the next level. So yeah, I think he's he's looking really good and just taking each step each week and play a little bit when Denzel went down and did well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyvis, he had to go out there, and he was playing out there in the field. They moved Davison over to the boundary. Mm-hmm. They had Jordan Hancock and, and J- Jermaine Matthews both getting some reps there in the fourth quarter at corner. So, uh, well, fourth quarter at corner. We'll see how that works out with hope, Denzel's status this week. I so. hope Denzel is fine. Right. Uh, spoiler alert, Cody Simon was my bucket. <laughs> the guy, eight tackles. That was tied for the team lead with Tommy Eichenberg. Hit five of them were solo. One was a tackle for loss. After... After what happened a couple years ago when he was the starter, he was playing with that banged-up shoulder. It's like, well, it's just never going to happen for him. And then you, and the steel goes in there, basically takes that job. Last year, Tommy Eichenberg, those two play all the snaps. And it's like he became something of a forgotten man. But he played, according to all the grades and some of the championship you know, evaluations from Ohio State, at a higher level in 2022 than he did in 2021. He just wasn't playing as many snaps, so the production wasn't quite there. He wasn't a starter, and he still hasn't been. But I think that maybe the time for that conversation is coming quickly. He had more snaps on Saturday than Steel Chambers. He had more production. The grade was higher, according to PFF, which you can take with a grain of salt if you want. But it feels like, especially in a matchup like this with Penn State that wants to run the ball, this is trending towards Cody Simon taking on a more important role for Ohio State. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong at all. I mean, listen, it's hard to keep guys off the field. When they got production and they come in there and make plays, like you can only hold them back for so long to where everybody to the people on the defense is like, All right now, come on now. You see what he's doing. You know we need help. He's a guy that can bring that spark. It's like Dallin Hayden. You can't hold these playmakers back for so long. They get out there and they make plays. It's the eye in the sky does not lie. So you gotta find a way to put him on the field. And if he's out playing still, that's just that's part of the game. I couldn't tell with the way you were looking at me if I was wrong or right. So no, you was you right. Make, you missed right. putting the pressure on me to deliver. Uh, I don't have the QR code in front of me, Nicole. So tell that's me, okay. tell me what's going on with um, the Rouge Bowl trip giveaway. Six wins. That's as Bobby six would say. Bowl eligibility uh, is. We're is halfway met. there. Yeah. We're halfway there, and um, so I picked the six winner today, and. Uh, yeah, every day is a new chance to win. So register every day. Twelve trips for two. We're giving away um, deluxe accommodations, yeah. airfare, swag bags um, to whichever bowl game the Buckeyes are going to. Two tickets, and we're as well. getting closer. Yep, two tickets to well, the game. They're gonna be in a bowl game now. That's yeah. that's guaranteed. I, I never was worried about that. <laughs> yeah. No, we have a backup plan in yeah. the rules, but I've yeah, I'm never. What was the last time Ohio State wasn't bowl eligible? <laughs> 
I mean, outside of 2012, yeah, yeah the year before, they had the longest streak going on. They went to the Gator Bowl in 2011 and got boat race, and they should not have because if they had <laughs> taken the sanctions, yeah, then the 2012 team that would've Tyvis Powell the, was a part of would have gone to the day. national championship and won it. Yeah, I'm quite certain of that. You don't. Why are you bringing that up? I just, do. You know, technically, we could have won. Four years in a row, twelve. What's that? Is that what you want to talk about now? Listen, twelve, we got banned. Thirteen, we blew it in the Big Ten championship. Fourteen, we won. Fifteen, we blew it against Michigan State. That just, I just, I didn't bring that up. You're the one that took it yeah. to that level. I think about you know. I think about that once a week. I'm, uh, I'm sure you about do once a week. Every Saturday, once you put the <laughs> once you put the once scarlet and gray on the once a week, game. I think it, it still pops up in my head. I'm surprised it's not more than that. You gotta, it's you gotta, a, you gotta move. Today thing for me. I look through my years. I'm like, how did we not win one? Oh. Wow, what a bright note to yeah. wrap up the first segment here. Is there anything else going on at Roosters, Nicole? Um, I, I no. I'm just caught off guard. I <laughs> yeah, just, I'm <laughs> trying to process <laughs> the this. Disappointment over here. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it was, um, it was disgusting. Yeah, Tell we had the it. game on for Peacock, which was. Um, how did you make? How did you like the broadcast? Was it personally for myself? It was frustrating because I have to go back and watch the game. Thank goodness it was still on there because I didn't even know if Peacock was going to give that an option. And I had plans on Saturday during the game, kind of. I had stuff I needed to do. So I was like, if I can't rewatch the game, yeah. I'm going to have some problems. Did you, what did you think of the Peacock pregame show? I know a lot of people were happy about that there was no pregame show that you had to pay for. Yeah, I, it was. It, it, no, I do Peacock love Joshua Perry. I love Josh, yeah. that Joshua Perry was on there. I always oh, yeah. loved was listening he on to the, him. I, he was on was the halftime show. Yeah, just the halftime show. No, definitely didn't see that. But every time I tried to fast forward through the commercials, it would still make me watch commercials. I'm in marketing, so I should love that. But I, it was frustrating. It's all your fault. That part was frustrating. <laughs> I the I heard the uh, I heard the announced crew had a, did a fantastic job and got everybody's names right. Wasn't it Andrew? I don't know who it was. So I didn't have to listen. Kyle Rudolph was one of them. Kyle Rudolph. Are you being yeah. sarcastic or? I mean, I it was, wasn't. I was getting. Drink. I was getting updates. I think he was there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I only know that because I swear <clears throat> I did the Browns post game show. Well, pre game and post game. Go Browns. Um, <laughs> and they were saying that he did. He had just did Ohio State the day before. And I was like, oh, I, I was just getting, like, updates from Bill about like, every name, like Jamie Eichenberg and uh, Martell Tate and all these wrong identifications of players in weird. I just knew. <laughs> Scrambled up <laughs> <pronunciation>. <laughs> like, I mean, if you can't get that one right, I get that part. But, like, his name is Carnell Tate, not Mar- Martell Tate. That's Tate Martell backwards. Yeah. I don't know. What are we doing here? Well, the Devin Brown at quarterback in the red zone kind of gave some flashbacks. Everybody everybody got thrown a curveball. Yeah, okay. They weren't terrible. They weren't in my, like, I don't know. I I felt like I was following along okay. It was just different. I like it better on YouTube. I just thought it was, like, not clear. I agree. It was like, like, it wasn't buffering, but it was like the pixels was still. That's the only thing I didn't like. That's just Purdue for you. There's, um, this is why the Buckeyes don't belong on Peacock. You guys, That's you know who true. else gets a Buckeye leaf? Who? I don't know if you saw when, well, you were at the game, so you probably didn't, but it, it was a blackout. <laughs> there was just one guy with a red jersey <laughs> in in the middle of this big black blob of people in just one red jersey, and he's just standing there so yeah. proud. I was like, he deserves a Buckeye leaf. <laughs> Well, he's the only one that was happy. I think yeah. there was a lot more scarlet I mean, and gray in the rest of that stadium. There you. was a lot yeah. in this, but in that particular section, it was hysterical, and he just was as proud as can be. I loved it. 
What's the score going to be on Saturday, Nicole? So um, I picked 35-21 Ohio State. 35-21 Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that your first one, or did you scratch, scratch nope, it out that's a couple a, times? that's a final. That's, well, that's a not final. a good sign. She scratched it out every other week. <laughs> no, that's just confident. Yeah. I, that means I do, that she's already got, good about it. She's got roosters going down as a game day set. I'm sure of that. She's already taken care I of. I hope. We're feeding the day before, so oh, we'll okay. see. Well, that's good. They'll have leftovers, like everybody. you got to take some to go yeah. Saturday morning. Yes. All right. The game, of course, will be on at Roosters Saturday yes. at noon. If you can't be in the stadium in the horseshoe, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere, awesome weekend. Can't wait for that. Nicole's got the Buckeyes winning by 14. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back in here at Roosters and the Horseshoe Lounge. It's a fun, casual joint. Roosters has been so fortunate. We just want to be able to give some of that back to the community. They donate to organizations that are near and dear to their heart, and we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long time. They always go above and beyond to help support our foundation to further help veterans. It's just a wonderful feeling to know that Roosters supports the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters. Thank you, Roosters. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Welcome back into the Horseshoe Lounge at Roosters. Berm has arrived, and he's got a Buckeye Leaf pick that maybe it won't be a jinx for whoever he selects this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm rescinding the Jaden Felding one from you, a week ago. You cannot do that. It's on the record. You can't, you can't do take that. it away. Can't do I've it. I've already done it. No. It's already been done. You cannot rescind them. You I can send him a message. You can You can say you made a mistake. <laughs> no, I, he was fine a week ago. He's not fine on Saturday. Whatever. It's weird at Purdue. We know that. Um, it's it's sort of a, a game where I thought Ohio State had a few players obviously stood out. I'm sure you guys mentioned Dallin Hayden. I mean that's that's an obvious one. I think for a kid who played who carried the ball one time in the season opener and hasn't been on the field since to come in the into the game when you're I think he knew he was going to play on Saturday. I don't think he knew he was going to play that amount on Saturday because he probably thought he'll get the third quarter reps that Evan Pryor got um, and to come in and be mentally ready where he was. And the kid's a pro. Like his father is a professional running back. His dad played in the NFL. Like you know that this kid understands how to prepare and, and be ready. And I think that's a huge part of why he's so good. Um, I think that Xavier Johnson being put into the position where he was now playing basically two positions on Saturday when Chip gets hurt. He's playing wide receiver in a mecca spot, and he's the backup running back. I mean, I, I think you have guys just like, taking all of Nicole's notes. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's true though, uh, and, and it shows how damned insightful she is. <laughs> Do you have a name that hasn't been mentioned for us or no? Yeah, that's not taking away from one. Jack Sawyer. Uh, Ooh, that's there we a, go, a new one. That right. was, I was going to go there. Jack has been a whipping boy for some folks all year, and I, I don't think that it's fair necessarily because I know he's not being asked to just pin his ears back and go get the quarterback. But uh, he, he's asked to be out there in a contained role and set the edge and do all the little things that people think looks like he's not being productive because his job is to set the edge and make sure the defense has. Let me ask you about that. Sure. At, at what point do you just be a football player? I mean, at what point do you get your ass benched because you're not doing what your coach has well, to do? Well, <laughs> this is an interesting conversation. I thought about this. This has It, it really kind of has something to do with this. So when I was at Ohio State and we played, we played Minnesota. It was either Minnesota or Rutgers. I think it was Minnesota. This was in 2014, the year we won it all. The 93-yard JT Barrett run that took 14 minutes. Okay, then it wasn't that year then. Maybe you only played Minnesota once, I mean, on the road, so... Okay, then maybe it was Rutgers. It doesn't matter. The point of the story is they told me that I had this tight end all game. So I'm standing next to Joey Bosa on the line. I'm basically playing stand-up DN. 
And he, I always thought you should play more defensive end. I did too. You know, you, funny story when I when I was nine years old, no, ten years old, I decided to play football, Muni League football. Was defensive MVP. Because I play defense in. So, anyways, I got as in my bag. But anyways, that's not just it. another Larry Johnson. Yes, has nothing to do with this. What could have been exactly. I, if I would have put on some more weight, come on now, Joey Bosa. It's not huh. too late. It's huh. not too late. Anyways, let me get back to the story. I'm trying to em- envision you being coached by Mike Vrabel as a defensive end in 2012. Mike did coach me because he was teaching me how to do blitzes off the edge. No wonder you were so good at it. I know, right? I was very effective. Actually, <laughs> listen, <laughs> since you want to go there, I'm every, just saying, every, I, time I I, every time I blitz outside of 2013 in Penn State, I got flipped on my head. Outside of that, every time I blitz, it ended, it ended in an interception or a big hit. I said you were good. But anyways, <laughs> let me get back. Let me, let me get back to where I was going with this. You're a little yeah. I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to get back to Jack Sawyer here. You, you, you've taken me on a freaking thing. Anyways. The winding jersey. Jersey, Jersey. Now we're all You were thinking about Rutgers. You were thinking about Rutgers. Can I tell the story? Yes, you can. Thank you. (laughs) My job was to to check the tight end. Uh Okay, and they was running like this boot, right? And I knew it was play action. If I would have just went and I could have, it would have been an easy sack. My first career sack, my only career sack. But I had to stand there. Mm-hmm. And and this tight end wouldn't move like yeah. he just I'm just standing here looking guarding the guy that's not doing anything and I regret it to this day <laughs> I say all that to say I regret it to this day Jack I, you it's a you can keep contained and get after the quarterback as well as long as the ball never gets outside of you you kept contained so at some point you could be a football player. I think the question is how far up the field do you get? No, I'm not telling you to get past the quarterback. Well, you better yeah. not do that. It's the number one rule. Don't go, <laughs> yeah, by, don't go don't past go the, the quarterback. Yeah. I think it's easier to just stay where you're supposed to yeah. be. And Jack Sawyer's done a good job of that. On Saturday, he was able to to put a little bit of an extra on on tape from a pass rush perspective. Got home, had one and a half sacks. You know, had a a pretty good game. I, I just think that him and JT Tumalo in general have played a much better season than than their numbers would indicate. And I was glad to see them able to actually record a sack on the same they day. Te- they teamed up for one sack, too, and that was yep. good to see. That's what we all envisioned they, yep. you'd see JT, three years man, ago when they signed. He put that spin move on someone. Again. He's he's done it like three times this year. And it's all worked three times every time. Worked, so, yeah. uh, I don't know if it's just like, okay, you get one shot. Just don't spin the wrong way, though, yeah. and then it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's pretty good at it. He's a pretty remarkable athlete. So um, I think that, that defensive line, I know that early in the show you're talking about the, the amount of running – Yards they gave up to Maccabee. I think Purdue did a really nice job of running at a point when Ohio State was ex- totally expecting the pass, like the end of the first half, for example. They're at their own 40-yard line, and then they get down to the one by running the ball three times. You're like, well, that's weird. But Well, I said yeah. that. I said that it was – they spaced it yeah, out. Situation. Yeah. They also took advantage of the fact that JT Tumolo was not on the field. That's very true. Yeah. What so, a coincidence. G- generally speaking, um, I, you know, on Saturday when we did snap judgments, I was a little like – uh, he was pretty fired up. He was feeling like Brad. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling Berm and me were on the same. You were there, you like hundred percent were. I just I I mentioned it on this morning's uh, podcast daily with Bill. I don't care if you take your foot off the gas. Like it, it's thirty four to seven. You want to get your guy your starters out, fine. But then take them out. And then, but what happened on Saturday was not that the foot was off the gas. It was the foot was off the gas, and then the steering wheels yeah. all like all over the road. And like that's absurd to say. Was it? 
Did you see? It's forty-one to seven. With No, what you talking about? Fly off the window. What you talking about is Colorado. That's that's off the gas and they're going out of place. That's a car that's always that way. I'm a hundred percent with Berm here. Oh my goodness! It just got undisciplined. Purdue for some reason decided to keep putting their kicker out there after he was obviously a mental wreck. They put him out there. Purdue had three missed field goals in a decently makeable range. And they had a kid come out of the stands <laughs> in jeans and hit a yeah, 40 yard. So that's, <laughs> that's nine points left on the board from a pretty yeah, bad offense. Okay, so, so, so State 16, this week, 16 to 41. Oh, my goodness. But a good team, those aren't going to just be field at goals that, every time. At that point, you're talking 27 to 16 against Purdue. I mean, like, is that where you want to be? Yeah. I'm just saying. It's fine if you <laughs> y'all 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 a little absurd. Being I, realistic. I get it. No, I get it because I'm I, I see what y'all are saying, but come on now, I'm y'all 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 are over exaggerating just a tad. We don't know exactly how much those those outcomes happened because Ohio State had taken their foot off the the gas, but like I don't know, man. Uh, we talked about it before the show started. Uh, this is a national championship you're chasing. Yes, Michigan's putting their backups in and running. Play action at the goal line with two minutes to or go to fourth, score on fourth down from the twelve against Indiana, right to win fifty-two to seven. Like I want dominance, and I just not seeing it. And I, I think that Ohio State, like this is the first game all year where you come out, you score twice in a row. It looks like you want it to look. Yeah, you're, you're march back down the field again. You're about to go up three scores. You fumble the ball. You get it back. You score great. Like, and then you have a possession with four minutes to go in the first half where you have a drop. A hold, a delay a game, and it, it's 20 penalties in the last two weeks by Ohio State. Yeah. Michigan has 15 on the season. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, there is a discipline problem and a mental focus problem that seems to creep up at weird times for Ohio State, and I don't... How many penalties do you need to commit to get an edge against the worst schedule in the Big Ten? I, I don't know. I'm just... I'm saying you, you're... Only, I mean, listen... There's penalties, I, there's turnovers, there's issues. It... I, I, me and Berm are, I think, in y'all the same are, spot. Y'all are not wrong. This doesn't look like an elite, yeah, like, like, an Ohio State team. Like, that's Ohio State. Team should fear playing them right now. But the worst part, to me at least, as a former player, is I've seen the flashes, though. You see flashes of it, like, that could be an elite team that everybody's like, oh, dang, we got to go play Ohio State. But then things unfold with goal line fumbles for random packages that I don't think are going to be worth it in the long run. <laughs> Penalties and yeah. all these things. So it's well, then you fumble. You just get away on, from you, that. You get a, a strip sack fumble. The next possession, McCord throws a uh, what could have been. A, it was ruled another fumble on the field with the uh, eventually becoming intentional grounding. Like it just you get to a point where you're like, man, if you're not out there focused, don't be out there. And I what you're saying, what do you two are saying, is a hundred percent. Correct. Cut it. Cut the tape. It's one hundred. No, I don't need to hear anything else. It's one hundred percent correct. However, you it's better to learn from a win than a loss. So what I what I would tell you is what y'all are talking about is not on the players. It's on Ryan Day to get that to demand that out of them. It's a program. So so if anything out of that, Ryan Day needs to stay. Listen, we need to become more disciplined. We cannot commit these penalties. Which is why we looked like he did that pretty vocally in the second. That's what I'm saying. So he's great to see. That's my biggest part. All right. So 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 what I'm saying. So we seeing. At least it's. Yeah, I don't think it's unrecognized. You know, I don't no. think yeah. he's, he's going. I don't think he's naive to it. We've seen Ryan Day become much more demonstrative in the last month and, and be that guy. Like that has to. But eventually, now it's going to have to actually. It has, click. It has, can't just come from him. It, we we see it coming from him, which means it's most certainly 
happening behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. But it needs to go to all the other coaches. Then the older guys on the team's got to see it because obviously it's better to learn from a win. But if you look at last year, I don't think we ever learned enough from wins throughout last season, and it hurt us when it mattered most. Okay, you go about, same thing with 2021. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so I, you got to, and I think Coach Day, is, people, no one gives him credit. He's still a young head coach. Yeah. He hasn't been the head coach for a long time. Year, Most year. people make these mistakes when they're at like a Bowling Green last year or a Max School. Or Mario the, Cristobal, for example. Listen, oh. last year was different because the, what their the Achilles heel was giving up explosive plays. And a defensive coordinator would stand up there and say, I'm not worried about us yeah. giving up explosive plays. Five or less. Plays. No. Until this day, as J.J. McCarthy we, is a first-round draft talent. This is that game. This is, game, we will be fine. <laughs> this is an incredible Jim Knowles impression. I hope everyone gets it. I'm not worried about explosive plays. I want my guys to be aggressive out there. And then what happened? The last couple of games, the explosive plays in them. So I don't want to I don't want people to think this is negative. Like I, there's a lot of things to be positive about about how Saturday went. I just think that that last 15 minutes, 18 minutes is enough to go, "Hey, that's not great." Um, I thought Kyle McCord, What was the score at that time? It was 34 to 7. The score doesn't matter. It, <laughs> no. it should have been 56. To I, seven. Listen, I understand what y'all are saying. But I, when you we, get when you get up like that, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't play it in the game. I when you get up, like, it, you do kind of be I said like it this morning. So uh, <laughs> it was thirty. It was 30. You look out the window, see the rain. The it, it was thirty-four. I ain't gotta be that locked in no more. It was, it was thirty-four to nothing. The Buckeyes had just forced another punt. The defense was walking off the field, and two starters were like that's it, game's over. And I'm like, it was. I know, but then those guys, <laughs> like, those guys were still in the game. And if that's your mentality and then you're still on the field, it reflects. So, whatever. Uh, Kyle McCord played pretty well, I thought. I mean, I have questions that I'd like to get answered about mechanical stuff. But I, I, this is what I was talking about before we started this segment. Oh, here we go. Joe Burrow. I watched Joe Burrow on Sunday. <laughs> I watched Jalen Hurts on Sunday. I watched Josh Allen on Sunday. Uh, that's some bad quarterback play happening with three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And it seems to be that defenses have figured out some stuff about how to defend these high-flying offenses a little bit. And I think we see some of the similar approaches being taken by Ohio State's opponents to the way that you're seeing the NFL adjust to Burrow and Hurts and, and Allen. And just forcing those guys to stay in front. Just go, If you're going to beat us, you better complete 12 passes on this drive to beat us. And mm-hmm. I, I think Ohio State is fortunate that they're playing against teams like Purdue where you can still just take the top off and get a 60-yard pass play to Cardinal Tate when he's not covered uh, every once in a while. But the, the the quarterback play has been pretty, I mean, at times inconsistent, but, like, it's not unusual for a, a, a college junior to look at. You know what you sound like you're saying? Consistent. You sound like you're saying that the run game is becoming important again, so let's pay the running backs. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll add on to what Berm said here because I think <laughs> Kyle Kyle gets way more negativity than he deserves, yeah. and I think he's playing pretty good. The only the only if I'll say or the but here is 90-95% of the time he's doing good things, but that 5% has been some bad decisions. Yeah. It's and, not. It's not like and, an incompletion yeah. pass where it's just overthrown. It's like mm-hmm. throwing it right to a defensive back <laughs> yeah. and drops it, or trying to just throw it randomly when you're getting sacked yeah. and we got lucky. It ended up and not. It wasn't a fumble. Things like that. So, I want to know the NCAA record for most intentional groundings yeah. in the season by a quarterback because I think he's averaging one a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. some delay of games too. And yeah. I don't know if that's play getting in or, or coaching or if it's him just running the offense. Yeah. But that's I think 90, 95 percent of it is what you would expect from 
a talented quarterback. Obviously, he's got some big shoes to fill, so everyone always wants to compare that. But mm-hmm. it's just that that five percent. That's like, okay, wait, what just yeah. what just happened that needs to be fixed? I watched Brock Purdy on Sunday. <laughs> well, that was a I mean, there, there's oh, a, yeah. There's <laughs> a, did, you, did you watch I'm Brock Purdy on Sunday? Because I did. There's too. a lot of bad quarterback play happening in the NFL right now, and so at Ohio State, the expectation in the last six years has been so high. The guys have been so good that when you see someone look almost normal at times, it looks like <laughs> yeah. chaos or an absolute aberration, but it's really not. Okay. Um, Go, so defense still wins championships. Yeah, but Buckeyes are 58 points in six games. That's pretty good, right? Ohio State also played two quarterbacks, and, and Brad and Tybus, you both alluded to this. What had flashbacks of JT and Cardale, the Tathan experience in 2018 yeah. that was uh, – a disaster in my mind. Maybe I'm just shaking. Why would by that. you bring that up? I because I'm saying I don't. Because it was at Purdue. I don't like. Was that at Purdue? Yeah, that's when we started it. I think I don't like the idea of playing two. That is I just. Don't, I don't has, either. It has nothing to do with Devin Brown's ability. He threw a tremendous ball to Brandon Innes for the touchdown. Like he has tools. He competed for the job in August. All of that remains true. I, I don't. And, and we talked about this in Indiana. If they want to run the quarterback, I think Kyle McCord is capable of doing that. I don't think the drop between athleticism is this Maybe major if- thing. Nothing against Devin, but he's not a Justin Fields runner. Or that He doesn't have that I agree. And Tybus, where you, it's such a big change. Tyvis, you took it all the way back to Tebow and Leak. That's like, exactly uh, what it is. But the, neither one of these guys are Tebow. Well, I mean, I mean that's what they're trying to make him. This is the, the difference between Devin and Kyle as far as a running standpoint goes. Devin is obviously much more physical and tougher guy when it comes to running the ball. Yeah, that, he, he, that, can, he can deliver it. Yeah, he's going to drop the shoulder every time. So that's the difference. When you see Devin Brown in there, it's like when Tim Tebow in there. We thinking he's going to run the ball, and then you he's basically essentially another running back. So instead of having nine guys blocked, now we have ten guys blocking. It's an actual another running back in there. So I think that's why they do it. I'm not a fan of it either because I think it definitely messes up the timing. If I'm Kyle McCord and I'm in a rhythm, I ain't about to keep coming out for Kyle, for Devin Brown to come here and run the ball. Like I just run the one yard and get it so I can stay in rhythm. So I'm not a fan of that at all. But, like I say, I don't, I don't you, I'm that. never, I'm never mad at having another weapon and another thing that a defense has to worry about. I, I don't mind it. Number one, you got to see with Devin Brown on Saturday, and he showed it earlier in the season as well. I think if you like charted the best passes thrown this year by Ohio State, Devin Brown would have two of them: the touchdown to to Carnell Tate against uh, Western Kentucky or Youngstown State, whatever game that was, and then the touchdown to Brandon Innes on on Saturday. So I think. He it's on tape that he can throw the ball mm-hmm. as long as he's got time to throw it and he gets a chance to set his feet and get rhythm. I think the problem with Devin Brown is that sometimes he doesn't do that and then just throws it anyway, and then you have what should have been a pick six going 100 yards the other way, play before um, the fumble. The, the play before the fumble. So uh, that those were two turnover plays in a row by Devin Brown. That's what you can't have. Cal McCord had a really nice you know read option, picked up nine yards, got the the one yard on like he can run. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, he, yeah. Devin Brown's a sledgehammer, and Kyle is not. And so you are, if you're going to put it out there, then at least you have to have the threat that he's going to be able to drop back and throw the ball, which Devin can do better than Tebow did in 2006 for sure as a freshman. Um, but it, it's weird. I mean, I, I, my my biggest concern is what you said. Like you have a young quarterback who's finally trying to get into a rhythm of the game, and then you take him off the field. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't love Especially that. Especially in the, in the red zone yeah. is what. That's like the me. confidence zone. Yeah, it would be very frustrating, and I, 
like I said, me knowing Cardell, I, I know how. Do you know Cardell? Yeah, you know, every now and then, I, I, we we chit chat. It's his now son. And again. Yeah, I, I just I just look at it as all right. So say you get down inside the ten yard line, it's first down. All right, you take Kyle off. You just let an eighty yard drive. Devin goes, gets no gain on first down. Do you are you either stuck with him again for at least one more down, or do you put Kyle in? But now Kyle's rhythm's off. He missed. He didn't read the defense the same way. Yeah, he's supposed to watch it on the sideline. He doesn't have that same feel of that he's had the whole drive. Yeah. So then now you can throw two incompletions or and next thing you know you're settling for a field goal which would just make burns day because Jaden's going back out there there's, there's another buckeye <laughs> league with three for three field goals i love special teams. but yeah so I, that's that's where i just kind of look at it I go if that first play with Devin doesn't work you're in a you're in a you're it's, in a hard, it's a tough decision as a coach there do you just pull one guy right away and then put a guy in it was, was that third time that they put him in and the run he like Devin brown was like i'm not fumbling it, it's it got to be conservative run. They're like, All right, well, that's it. That's yeah, got to be like a, a third and one or Special. yeah, like mm-hmm. that. that, that there's no way that you just going to continuously do that because if he gets it great, like get out, cow, come on. Yeah. But if he doesn't get it, we either punting or kicking the field goal anyways. I think it looks worse because they did it on back-to-back drives. Three you got, you got the touchdown. Stop it. Don't do that. It was, yeah. it was three straight possessions. So, well, you got. Well, I think the third one they did it because they wanted him to go they back had to, out you there had to trust the you had to yeah. tell him, "Hey, we, we believe yeah. in you." I get it, but it was three straight. Mm. But I, I get the first one. I the first one I wasn't mad by seeing it. I yeah. was like, okay. And then he scored a touchdown. I was like, okay, cool wrinkle. Then the second, the, the fact that they went right back to it right away. Okay, now you're just trying to do too much, like and letting him throw. Yeah, I get I get why because you want to put it on tape, but let him throw on a third and one at the forty yard line where there's less going on, and it just don't have it be. Because you want to have that wrinkle, but you don't you don't want it to be a predictable yeah, one. Yeah, with one tight end running yeah. a route and nobody else running a route. <laughs> and, it, and it's not even your starting tight right. end in, in your star wide receiver. So it's – And you're throwing it 25 yards. Across, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Positive thoughts, Burn. We're going to be the positive neg- to finish the, out. The, the negativity show. show is really no. ramped up. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. What yeah. If that one tight end is caged over, who's – It wasn't. It was not Hold on. He's on pace. To break single season tight end record, hell, is it? Wait a minute, not break the record, but beat Jeff Hireman, which is like seven hundred yards. He's gonna break every tight end. Yeah, well, you sure hope. Uh, he's now. With, Wait, how many with, yards he got on this season? Uh, about, like four or something, four fifty or something. If with, he with, don't get with if, Brock Bowers now out for the next four to six weeks, like Kate Silver's in position to potentially really be in contention for the Mackey. Yeah. So um, he's blocking like it. He's a receiver like they're it. Definitely looking for him. I tell you that. I mean, I love to see it. I've yeah, like okay. too. Two touchdowns on Saturday to get ready for Penn State. So That's is all this negativity going to carry gonna, over? I think Cade's got in line for a really big game against Penn mm-hmm. State. Uh, the way that Manny Diaz coordinates the Manny Diaz has them figured out. Well, he's, he's, I'm about to say uh, Manny Diaz came out and said he a got lot of, he had, he had Miami of, figured out too. It a lot well. of a lot of blitzing, a lot of uh, <laughs> pressure up front. I think Cade, you know, Kyle will have to be on 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 his p's and q's, but. There's going to be an opening for Kate. So I think Kate Stover and running backs in the pass game, yeah. especially if Emeka's <laughs> still out. The, you got to get if Trey. I think Trey will be healthy. I think he could have played last week, this past week, easily. He, but you wanted him for this game. But just quick, 
quick. We could just basically we should run our offense like the other two powerhouses in the Big Ten East, where their quarterbacks don't throw further than ten yards, and they get great stats <laughs> See, from I'm it. That, 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 <laughs> just get it out quick. I'm that, that's why I'm not high on Penn State, man. No. I'm not. That, 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 I have a stat. You gotta push We've the all, ball. We, down we all the floor, know it. They're man. last they're, in the country not, in explosive. That plays. is terrible. Last in the country. <laughs> They've also played Delaware and Massachusetts. Yeah. Got over there, Brad. So even more reason why so, they should. No. So Drew Aller has the least amount of twenty plus yard pass attempts in the Big Ten at 12. Of those 12, five of them happened against UMass, and he only completed one. Jeez. Yeah. It's it's not... I'm sitting so, in their bread yeah, and butter. And I dare you. They don't have a, a... They do not have the weapons they've had on the mm-hmm. outside at wide receiver. I dare you. They are... I'm loading the box, and I dare you. That's what I'm telling well, you. I, I dare you. You yeah. do that as long as if Denzel Burke is back and playing, and you... Oh, yeah. You know, these are things that we'll have to figure out as the week goes along, but I, I don't think... I, I I like Penn State's defense. I think they have NFL talent at all levels of their defense. I like Nick Singleton quite a bit, but offensively, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as they their statistics would indicate. They're like yeah. averaging thirty six points a game, but it's not the competition. Yeah, it's there. fool's gold thirty six points a game. Last in the country in yeah. explosive plays. Their, their running backs groups just... was touted as arguably one of the best in the Big Ten between us, team up north, and them. Like their running backs have not been what. No. People thought they were no, they it. have not, and that's it's a shame. Well, and that's why they have no downfield passing threat. Yeah. It's easy that's to load the, box. load the box, load the box with the way our safeties and our corners. If everybody's healthy, I think you load the box and you let those guys basically earn their keep, which I, I think they can do. I dare make you. that make that 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 inexperienced quarterback on the Drew, road. I dare you. I double dog dare. You. I mean, I, I Travis think, is playing with fire. Oh, Ohio State. I mean, that's a that's a clip right there. So this, Ohio State dared JJ McCarthy last yeah, November. Now he's a first round draft pick. So I, I don't think that you go out there and you say we're. Well, gonna, wait, 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 hold on, wait a minute. See, cause I mean, these are facts. what you what you talking about. You comparing apples to oranges. I'm comparing. I'm gonna tell you why. The defenses are taking a different approach. I get it. But well, because. Our corners was dealing with a lot of injuries last I year. I know. I'm not saying Which is not. sad because Denzel dealing with what now? <laughs> I'm saying. We're back in that spot again. God. I'm saying the way that Penn State's offense has played this year should, should play into the strength of the Ohio State defense. Now, the question is how does the Ohio State offense respond to what Penn State does defensively? Because they are a good defensive unit. They are. So, I, I think you're talking like a 21 to – 13 type game. Like, I, I'm gonna, I was going, I was going to say 24 21. I got 21 17. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a, a a low scoring game. I, I will not be surprised if both teams end up under 20 points. I just don't think now, either offense is ready for this. Penn State's leading Big Ten, maybe the country, but I know Big Ten in sacks. Now, right. do you think that's because their D line is that disruptive, or does that go more to the competition they're playing? I want to see yeah. King on Mars. They, they also blitz the linebackers a lot. <laughs> Abdul see. Carter's a really TV. good linebacker there. I, I think that. What what Penn State is going to count on is that Kalen King is going to be able to man up Marvin Harrison. They thought a year ago that Joey Porter Jr. was going to be able to man up Marvin Harrison, and then Marv ate him for lunch. That's why I want to see King do it. Okay, so uh, uh, Kalen King is a good player. He, he was a good recruit coming out of Detroit when he was him and his brother Kobe were being recruited together. Like he's not handling Marvin Harrison. If Marv goes out and catches the football. <laughs> Then you you see the offense start to move along. Well, I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. He he, he gassed it up. He he told it. I want that assignment. Good. That's what I'm trying to go to the NFL. I'm trying to raise my draft stock. And his mean, defensive coordinator is feeding right into this it. Is how you do it. So you think it helps you, him that Mecca's that Mecca's a question mark? Yes. 
I mean, because then you don't have to worry about that threat across the middle as much. You just worry that Penn State will be able to do a better job of bracketing Marvin than Purdue did. Purdue didn't. No, they, him down. they're not going to start off that way. They're they, going to start off with King on the one-on-one side. That is a bad idea. And when my point exactly, and when Marvin makes the play, they're going to say, we're not doing yeah. that. <laughs> that <laughs> man's hate Stover is wide open doing? in the middle. <laughs> if you remember a year ago at Penn State, I mean, they tried to man up again with Joey Porter Jr. on Marvin, and the Buckeyes went vertical on the first play of the game down the sideline, and Marv was like, okay, this is going to be an easy day, and, 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 <laughs> ate, him, and ate him for lunch. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's only he only gonna get one chance. I'm gonna tell you that right now. If King come out there and make a good PBU, great coverage, they'll keep rolling with it. But the moment Marvin gets him, it's over. Like that's we pulling that off. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a fun, fun, fun day in the horseshoe. Probably gonna have a pretty motivated Marvin Harrison as well. After by by his standards, by almost any Ohio State standards, three drops not good enough. It was like shocking to see that from yeah, him. He's not doing enough jug machine. I mean, come took, on. Took the day off. I think that's it. I, my, my Last Tuesday, we were in there, and Marvin was actually not on the monitor. That see that? I heard a rumor that it was broken for the day. See that? Broken on so Tuesday. it could be yeah. some technical I, difficulties. I posited that uh, it was a combination the of the solar the eclipse affecting his <laughs> extraterrestrial genetic code oh. and some sort of the change. They were trying to call yeah. him home. Yeah, there was something going on between the sun and the, the planets and Marvin's alien DNA that caused a like a problem. A disturbance that. in yeah. the force? So that's what it was. Wow. I'm well, that makes sense. Yeah. We should I, probably wrap this up. I don't think that there are any eclipses uh, or raptures scheduled on Saturday at the Horseshoe, so we'll just get a banger between Ohio State and Penn State. Can't wait for that full coverage coming all week on the podcast. As always, we appreciate Roosters and Nicole Cox for having us into the Horseshoe Lounge to talk a little ball with Tyvis Powell, Bradley Robinson. That's Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Enjoy your week. Have a great one. And then enjoy Ohio State and Penn State on Saturday. If you can't be in the horseshoe, come to Roosters. It's a fun, casual joint.